Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning, everybody. Um, uh, still not home, not at the home studio. Jim, were you asleep? Oh, is it time to start the morning show? Is it? <laughs> Let me tell you how I have zero sympathy. <laughs> you had a, a, a rough and short night, didn't you? Had a rough and short night. Um, yeah, I, might, I uh, made it to Twin Falls last night after a funeral of a family friend, and uh, and uh, just interesting stuff. It's it's interesting how um, the conversations that were going on about. I think we can go the whole way through. It's like no, I just wanted to to drive so many hours, and uh, and then you know we were getting close to where we were going to stop last night, and and I and I said. I think, you know, it seems like we haven't been on the road very long at all. So I think I'm going to, I think let's just go through and get to, to twin. And that was about nine hours of driving. Mm-hmm. And 10 minutes after we st- went past that exit, I was like, I made the wrong choice. <laughs> so yeah. um, it is not fun to drive through mountain passes where there's lots of twisty turnies and yeah. steep inclines and declines when it's dark and you're getting fatigued and um and i'm tired so um i i I thought to myself you know no amount of money saving on a hotel room is worth that kind of yeah white yeah it's just not yep yeah but i'm here i'm safe and i've you know just a couple couple hours to drive to be back home and so when you guys see me on wednesday i will be back in the studio excellent Yeah. yeah Good. Good. Glad you're uh, almost home. So um, it sounds like it's been a good trip, though tiring. Really, you know, spending time with family is just awesome. I'm really grateful. But yeah. um, well, you know, you know, some families are better than others. But yeah, I'm kidding. I I, I'm a joke, mom. It's a joke. <laughs> uh, listen, we um, we should get down to our topic of the day. Yeah, you think? yeah so, I think. Today, we wanted to tackle, um, you know, kind of hot topics and uh, questions that come up from Facebook. We, uh, you know, this is a regular thing. This Michelle and I have talked about. This is where a lot of our topics come from anyway, you know, topic ideas and kind of whatever the yeah. popular thread is of the week. And uh, yeah. a handful, you know, in the, in the last week or so. And so I just thought we'd uh, take on some of those. Do you have a, a one in particular that you have as a as a favorite yeah, or more. I, you know, I, I look through it's, uh, um, social media is a curse and a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so I, you know, I spend some time going through and Jim and I, even when we're apart, talk about the stuff yeah. during the day, you know, it's like, so have you seen this or da, 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 da. And, um, uh, yeah, there just, there's, there's a lot of, you know, repos are always high on the list about insurance checks and, things like that are always pretty high on the list. And, and, you know, one of the things that Jim and I really, um, uh, you know, we, we get asked questions all the time and it's, it's amazing how many times there's the answers, um, 
it's kind of a dangerous thing. And I know, you know, we were talking about this just a few minutes ago. It's a dangerous thing to throw out the, the um, advice from your perspective because your perspective is laced with different rules, laws, um, business plans, all of the things that, um, and it, you know, it may work for you, but it could be really detrimental to another dealer um, who gets bad advice because it doesn't fit with their business plan, with their state laws, with a lot of things like that. Yeah. I think that's the part that we see. And, and I know we're not alone. We talk to other, you know, people with experience in the industry, a lot of dealers uh, who, you know, kind of shake their head about some of the stuff that happens out there on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a social media generation, if you will, like they're, People are learning a lot from social media and that's wonderful. I think that the problem is, as you said, is it's, it's mixed information. Sometimes it's incomplete yeah. information and people are all too quick to offer their opinions. And often you're getting experience or getting, and, you know, I, uh, I loved the gratitude of, you know, when I, as I've read as, because it is, it's so yeah. helpful. That's true. Um, and, and it's just, you know, that there, um, we need to be careful. Yeah. Well, sometimes, and it is, it can be very helpful. A lot of people get some great information. It's just that they have yes. to sort through uh, information that's coming from people who might not have as much experience as you do and might not recognize that the advice they're giving is very state specific. Like that's the one I see quite a bit that, you know, we're not attorneys over here and we certainly don't know all the stuff in every state, but we know there are certain things that are driven by state regulations. This is a beautiful segue into just join your state association. And if you don't have a state association that's active, um, you can, you can reach out to your national association and, yeah. and get state or, you know, get more specific or they can put you in contact with people in your state that can give you good information. Yeah. And I think for today we can focus more on, you know, business model stuff, as Michelle said about yeah. the state association, a lot of the state associations and the national have, you know, legal resources as part of your membership. And so it'd be important to get that. Some of these things are, are of a legal nature, right? A lot of the things that we see out there have legal ramifications or implications. And so it's just important for folks to recognize that, that you know, Facebook might not be your best resource for some of these specific questions. Um, you know, we see the same thing. Now there's tons of stuff out on YouTube, but same thing. You can get, you can get into advice that is, um, you know, may not be aligned with your particular yeah. business plan. But, you know, some of the questions that we saw, um, you know, one of the ones that came up for me and, you know, one of the ones I noted here and kind of threw in the description was, um, you know, the thing about starter interrupt came up again. That's something that's also yeah. you know, can be state specific uh, credit card uh, like fees, like the, the, yeah. the service fees. Mm -hmm. Like that was a thread that people kind of threw around the thing about how much you're paying for fees and, and that then so it went to, you know, how to recover those fees. And, mm -hmm. you know, to me, it's in the context. One of the other big ones that came up is the question about inflation. Or, you know, somebody asked, are, are, am I the only dealer out there who's dealing with a lot of people struggling with inflation? And of course, people shot back and said, no, it's, it's you know, widespread. It's, you know, across mm -hmm. the country, people are dealing with um, high costs. And, uh, and somebody made a point that I think is, is worth, you know, bringing back to, to the topic, which is, you know, we're in this post COVID period and a lot of customers got stuck in a COVID period with a really high car payment, you know? And so now they have a high car mm -hmm. payment now they have high fuel and groceries. So yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, a thing that we, 
we recognize is, you know, is happening out there. But I think for me, the, the ones that, um, we did a whole episode once on convenience fees and, you know, it was a white hat Wednesday topic. Should we charge the customer convenience fee? It's like, you know, I, I just, we don't need to rehash that whole thing, but I would just say that we should be careful about passing on all of our fees, you know, all of our uh, cost to the customer, because I just, I think you want to price your, your program in a way that you don't have to nickel and dime, so to speak, because the customer's already short on nickels and dimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so we got to be careful about passing that along. And, you know, it, I can't recall, there was a situation recently where I felt like, man, well, why, why am I getting nickeled and dimed on this stuff? Why not? It's so simple to just charge the fee, you know, just charge me for the one price. So I know what I'm paying. Mm-hmm. And it just comes across as, um, you know, it comes across as, um, gouging a little bit when we're asking when you do that when you're nickel and diming and there's like there's this fee and this fee and instead of just one thing i think that's a lot easier for some of the the state and national organizations to to grab onto and yeah. and um so you know we're we're seeing a lot of compliance issues or not compliance but um f it's, I've not had can't help you. Can't help you. Uh, uh, with the the um, federal. Oh, the FP. F- FPB. Oh, CFPB. Whatever. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, they 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 regulate a lot. Sorry, of the- everybody. <laughs> I need to put that up here, but I haven't had enough coffee to remember CFPB. Yeah, they're looking for. From what my perspective, when I'm watching what it is that people are. Are talking about and what and what I understand about some of the things that have that they're looking into is it's very tied to what are all of the things that you're trying to get more um, by you know the nickel and diming and and it, and it gets confusing too for especially for people that um, that are not uh, fiscally educated mm-hmm. um, and so it's very confusing I think that you know that there's you, you, if, if you were to go somewhere and buy something and saw that there were 17 different fees, you'd go, heck no, we're, you know, let's talk about this. This can go away. This can go away. This can go away. Because that's, you know, as being, um, being, uh, understanding, uh, different, uh, law or not law, but like loan, um, uh, things that you can add on. And it's just like, yeah, these, these are not, it becomes a negotiating thing for people that understand it. Yeah. But I think for me, I'm coming at it, not so much from a regulatory standpoint and what's legal. Mm-hmm. It's more for me, it's a question of, look, there, there are certain expenses that we have that are cost of doing business. And I, I'm going to tie this to the conversation that I saw on Facebook about down payments. So bear with me a minute. The, this conversation is an important one because it's, we've seen the dealers reports. We know what the interest income is. We know what the markup is. And so it really begs the question, if I just kind of sit in the the shoes of a business, you know, coach, or even if I go put a regulator hat on, it's sort of like a question of, do you really need to charge these fees? But even, even if from a regulatory standpoint, forget that for a minute, your customer is already struggling 
why would we make it any more difficult for them to get the payment into us? And some of us have some pretty high car payments. Why would we, why would we make it any more difficult? That's kind of was our theme when we talked about convenience fees. Like why would we make it more difficult for the customer to pay? I would say if the customer can pay, I will happily, as a dealer, and this is everybody's business practice. I'm just saying, if it were my situation, I would say I will happily, um, you know, absorb those merchant service fees and whatever else in the interest of, you know, getting that payment in on time. So, so, you know, dealers, I hear dealers talk about this and, and look, we're, we're business coaches at the end of the day. We're, you know, you, gosh, Jim, you're talking about, you know, what kind of business coach are you talking about less profit, you know? Like I can make more profit with my convenience fees. I, I get it. I know you can. The question is, does it make it more difficult for your customer to pay? And can you really say yes or no that it that it doesn't when you say no, they can they can pay it and I get all this extra income. So it's like, you know, it's it's again, if you look at it through a different lens, it's like, but is that income you really need? Are you making it more difficult for your customer to quote unquote perform on the loan? you know, by putting those fees in there. So I think it's just a really important conversation for us to continue to have. And and look, it, every indication is that buy here, pay here dealers are going to have more financial opportunity in the coming yeah. year. <clears throat> so now it becomes a question of, <clears throat> are we interested in the customer's success or are we going to take advantage? I mean, it's a simple question. It's, but it's really, it's really fundamental in our industry. It's like, we're in a position because the customer's disadvantaged. Are we then going to, you know, pile on because we can, or are we going to yeah. really long term, you know? Yeah. And so I think this, this is part of the thread that we always talk about. And so at the end of the day, you can say, so I kind of gave you a little insight. That is the kind of business coach that we, that I am and that Michelle and I are, was we, we ask dealers to think long term and think about, mm-hmm. you know, what does customer success look like? What does repeat and referral business look like for you? How much difference does that make in your business? And ultimately that means helping the customer to be successful, get those payments in and buy multiple cars, you know, from you over, over time. And so that's kind of the approach, but um, anything on that before I move to down payment? No, I just, I, um, you know, what, what's worth more. I, I, and that's what's worth, worth more to us. Um, are we, are we not able to, to pay our utility bill at home because we're not charging those fees? Um, because those fees could be something that, that tips the scales for our customers, um, and, and makes it more difficult for them. And, and I think, you know, I, I appreciated what you said about just cause you can, and because there's nothing illegal about it right now for a lot of those things, but just because you can doesn't mean you should. And, yeah. and um, you know, there are other ways. There are other ways that are better and healthier for your business and your, your customer um, to increase your cash flow and increase your profit sure. than, than um passing on and, 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 and adding more fees. Cause you know, you think about just little things about, uh, um, efforts you make to help your customers, help our customers be more successful and sticky. You move the needle 2% in your portfolio 
And it's like, it's a game changer. You And 2% here and 2% there. And it's just little incremental things because you have a long game. Those things um, can, you know, you you will put the extra money in, in cash flow and, and, um, and profit and all of those things. But, um, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate when we, when we want both, mm-hmm. how can I improve and how can I improve and how can I take more? Um, and it's not, I, it, I just, I, I, um, I want, um, uh, businesses to be super successful and to be, to, you know, to, to be able to financially support your dreams and your ambitions and your goals and your lifestyle and all of those things. And sometimes we get caught up in the small little things, um, thinking that it's going to, you know, that it's taking something away um, if we don't. And listen, you know, we haven't talked about this much lately. Excuse me. We can bring back a whole episode on this thing around, um, you know, just cash flow versus profit, because, you know, we're talking about different things, you know, here. And when you talk about cash flow and profit, and, you know, we see in Facebook in particular, some of the Facebook groups that there are a lot of newer dealers, you know, they may be brand new or, you know, uh, just a short time in the business. And one of the things we see with that is that they, they, you know, are at a place where they're shaping their own, you know, business strategy. And I would just say, even though it's intangible, it's hard to measure. I think we need to recognize the value of goodwill, like just the value of goodwill. For example, I'm a dealer who's been charging convenience fees. We've done that all the time. And what if I made an announcement to my entire portfolio said, Hey, um, you know, in consideration of the, you know, uh, pressures in the economy and et cetera, et cetera, we've made a business decision to eliminate convenience fees and we're just announcing across our entire. And so what does that, what does that buy in terms of goodwill? Yes. I'm giving up that income, you know, and I'm also helping my customers, you know, be successful. Of course I would, wrap that message. When I introduce that message, I would be saying, you know, we're doing this in the interest of long-term success. We appreciate your business. We know this is, you know, that it's a bit of a struggle and we appreciate you getting your payments in and in the interest of, you know, your long-term, long-term success, we're, um, you know, we're going to reduce those fees. So I'm just saying the value of goodwill is, is worth something. And so we can, we can invest some cash in that. And like I say, it's, for me, it's mostly about the interest of Helping the customer get those payments in, like we, when we make it more difficult for the customer to pay. And I heard a um, one of the merchant providers in the space, um, and I've heard others talk about it too. Is like this is a time where it's really important for you to offer your customers as many convenient ways to pay as possible. And then this question of who who should pay that, like you know who who should you know pay for those conveniences? Well. In my way of thinking about it, it's a cost of doing business. So it's like it's it's a cost of making it convenient for the customer to pay and make it easier for. So it's something that I would recommend. Now, price accordingly, whatever you need. If you need to set your interest rate differently, markup differently, then you know those are part of your fees of doing business. But it avoids nickel and diming, and and it allows me to uh, you know make it easy for the customer to pay whatever's agreed upon. But but anyway, um, let me move over to the down payment thing because that. That one's one that we don't we don't talk about it enough, but there's this mindset around down payment that I think is it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a, a good while longer before 
many of these things that we're talking about now would change in terms of cost of car, uh, economic conditions, and you know, customer comes forward with a down payment, pick a number. <clears throat> Customers got $800 down and they, they need a car. Their last car, you know, they paid cash for it. It broke down and, and they, they're in a tough spot. They need a car. They've got $800 down in my example. And you will hear dealers say, and this is one of the things that came up from a Facebook thread this week is you hear dealers say, and this person's definitely not the first one to say it. It's like, you know, but, the, but that down payment doesn't even cover my sales tax. So you would think, okay, well, that's a business matter. That's a cash management matter. If, if it doesn't fit in your business plan, and listen, we advise everybody to be disciplined in their business plan and stick to a cash and deal policy or cash you know, risk per contract. Certainly we have to be disciplined in that regard. But I think to think about down payment in relation to sales tax, as an example, is problematic. Because what if I said to you, Michelle, I'm a dealer and I say to you, I won't do a deal. I won't do a deal if a down payment doesn't cover my sales tax, my GPS device, and my advertising cost per customer. Like those are all my costs. Those are all, that's, that's pretty arbitrary, right? So it's like, it doesn't, at the end of the day, it's really, so, so I'm passing on a customer who may be well-qualified. They may pay $500 a month for the next 10 years by buying multiple cars and being in our portfolio for a very long time. But I'm passing on them because the, the math doesn't work for me. And that's the different thing. Like that's, that's where we got to be careful about. And, and the reason I bring this up now is that this is not, this conversation is not going away. Like we're, we're going to be experiencing high car costs. Reconditioning costs have stabilized some, you know, we had a problem with parts demands for a stretch and that seems to be better, but we're still going to have high cost of car and we're going to have tremendous opportunity in our space in the coming years here because we're seeing these lenders pull out. So now you've got all this, um, quote unquote, C paper customer who's going to suffer credit wise and they may become a D customer, but they still got great job time and great income. And so we're going to have a chance to do lots of business and some maybe high quantity. It may be higher quality, but we're going to have a chance to do more business. But our policy about down payment is something we got to be super careful about because if I, it's because it's a, it's a math question. I, if I cannot afford to finance a customer who seems to be, you know, pretty stable and, and otherwise fits the program really well, it just happened to be yeah. short down payment. So because they're a few hundred dollars short on down payment, whatever the number, I mean, my $800 may be well short for some dealers, but, but the point really is this is where we have opportunity to do more business when we can be adaptive about, about down payment. Obviously there's some excellent um, underwriting software out there that helps, you know, make a judgment and look at the, the customer, yes. the customer yeah. credit score. It looks at the deal structure, you know, it, it looks at everything, the, the, the car itself. And so, you know, we, we have ways that we can, so really it's a matter of cash, right? So we're back right back to where do we find the cash? Because if that whole thing about, if I, if I get an $800 down payment from the customer, but my sales tax alone is $1,100, that's a cash problem, but it's not an underwriting problem. It's a, it's a, it's a cash matter. 
it's not those two things in my mind are not related and we know that we're negative on the cash the customer just knows i worked very hard to come up with this 800 this 800 represents i'm picking numbers here today but i'm just saying i've worked very hard to come up with this number this dollar amount it represents a serious commitment for me and you can't or won't help me i i you know it's a uh, um when I talk to different, when we've talked to different dealers and, you know, we know that you get the good down payments around tax time, mm -hmm. you know, people are getting their, their tax, uh, their tax money. It's, it's, uh, we, we had a conversation with a colleague in the industry and, and they were looking at trends and, and stats and all of that. And that when it's, you know, the, that your, your, um, your, likelihood of a default from a tax time sale with a high down payment is higher than a regular during the middle of the year. And it's like the hard earned $500. Why is that? Mm -hmm. Why is that? And so I, you know, I, I think about, um, and I, we all can have our different reasons for that, but I think that's really something that's you know, for, for the strength of our business too, we may get that, but we're, you know, especially during tax time that we're going to be behind if we're making bad choices because they have the, the higher, the higher money to come in. But a lot of our customers, if they're coming in with $2,000, $2,500, $3,000, and you know what their income is, where are they coming up with that cash? Where have they robbed or where, what are they pulling from other things to come up with this? And so these other things are hurting and will require that screaming, I need my money now in the future. And so where, when are they going to be pulling money from you to be able to do the, the, uh, the person who's screaming for their money now? I mean, there's, there's like payday loans. You've, you, you know, you, um, borrowing money from grandma and she needs it because it's like, I need the money now. I need the money because I've got this and this or, or whatever it is, because we know that most of our customers are not good at saving. And so where are they coming up with the money right. when they have these massive down payments? And it's just, I, you know, I, I, I'm not looking at the, uh, the, the, um, bookkeeping and the bottom line and all of that. But when I see someone that comes in that works hard, that um, has a good job time, been in the residence for a long time, um, and they're you know they're they're working hard, and they come in with five hundred dollars, and and you know you you know it's like that's what your payment's going to be, and you're able to do this. It just to me, it's like that that money, that five hundred dollars, is usually from their own account. Mm -hmm. And when you get a $2,500 down payment, whose account is that coming out of? Right. Because it, it's usually not going to be from their account because, you know, we know that they're, that our, our customers have sold something, borrowed something, whatever, to be able to do that. And it's going it, to, that you run a higher risk of it, of it coming through because everything has to cycle in and cycle out. And that's, they're going to, your, your, your payment has a higher likelihood of being neglected to pay whatever off that they pulled money from. Yeah. We're also seeing dealers um, struggle a little bit with volume. You know, volume is kind of slowed in the fall for yeah. some where, you know, many of them are stable, but 
um, but for some volume is slowed. And I think what that does is it puts pressure on the process. And at least in buy here, pay here, we don't have the same pressures that a retail dealer would have in terms of the need to sell 15, 25 cars, whatever the number is. So in our case, we, we feel pressure. If volume is low, we feel like we need to create contracts. And sometimes what happens, and there's a bit of a disconnect sometimes between the dealer and the sales team or whatever. And, and salespeople can, um, I call it over squeeze, like over squeeze the customer for down payment. Yes, there's more money on the table. Yes, the customers are withholding some money and we can we can go get some. Sometimes when we over squeeze, we're neglecting the fact that we're 10 days away from the next rent payment coming due. And this is a buyer yeah. paying yeah. customer. So we just have yeah. to be thoughtful and recognize what, what does it look like if we over squeeze and the customer says, yes, if I give you another 500, I can get into the car today. I'll do it. And now, now what does that look like for us if the customer now can't yeah. meet rent in 10 days? You know, where does exactly. that go? And so we start out in a situation where customers are struggling and we kind of created some of that for ourselves. So, you know, it's one of those things that I just think when we look at down payment, I think it's, it's helpful to get our business model set up in a way that we've got the necessary capital. And listen, lenders and and funding providers right now are having to make the same kind of adjustments. Like they're having to, they're not doing as much business probably because their dealers can't do as much business. And so that, you know, there's a good segue for our topic on Wednesday, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, we, we got, by the way, just pause and make sure folks know our upcoming Wednesday episodes. We have uh, Russell Moore this coming Wednesday, right? And then we got mm-hmm. Seth Merrifield the week after that on Wednesday. So, you know, tune in for those. We got some really fun conversations lined up and some important conversations around those things. But yeah, I would just say it's a, it's a time that we have to adjust. We're seeing dealers in there asking a lot of questions that are, you know, they're really indicative of this kind of um, the split in terms of business plan and business strategy and and folks aren't really thinking long-term. You can hear that in some of the questions that come up. And um, I just think this is, we talk about it all the time, you know, buy here, payer. we really encourage playing the long game, but we think the short game is going to be really difficult, you know, and buy here, pay here for, you're going to have plenty of opportunity, but your customers are going to struggle, you know, financially for a period. And so we have to be adaptive and, and, we're, we we have to be adaptive in a couple of ways. It's going to be down payment. If we're going to continue to produce business, we probably need to be prepared to be adaptive with down payment. It might need, mean some external funding for you to make it all make sense. But I'm simply saying when we have a well-qualified customer standing in front of us who has an interest in financing with us and all they're really short is some down payment, we really need to have a hard look at that and really ask ourselves, can I make that financial adjustment? Does it make sense for me? Again, it's a well-qualified customer, good job time, decent income, you know, stable in their residence, whatever. We're going to pass on that customer because they're, you know, some, some percentage short on the down payment. And it's just, it's problematic. It's like, we, we have to be careful. So I'm going to, I'm going to take a, an unstable customer with that $2,500 down payment I'm looking for. You know, it just, there's, there's some math there we got to work through. And so this is, uh, this is the part that, you know, all dealers are wrestling with it. It's, it's definitely, um, you know, a, a question. I would say that, you know, there's an indication we should be able to see some more down payment from customers, but I still think it's a question of how do we, there's another question I saw on Facebook this week is, you know, somebody who's new to it doesn't have the, the, 
software they're not using technology and so how do i make a judgment about underwriting how do i you know how should i make a judgment and approve customers and like wow there's it's a it's a tough time to make that judgment and there's really great software out there now to help with those things so we would yeah. we would recommend that but i think uh you know when we talk about stuff from facebook michelle i think this becomes a four-hour show <laughs> <laughs> this, you know, we have people that ask all the time, how do you keep coming up with, uh, with something to talk about? It's like, yeah, it, like social and questions that are out there that it's, and even the news, mm -hmm. um, it's rich with things that people are, are, um, are interested in and want to learn more about. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Tommy. Yeah, I thought about the uh, the dealer panel thing when they got the BHPH form coming up in the middle of November in Indianapolis. For those of you who haven't booked, check the, I think it's 13th through 15th. It's a Monday through Wednesday in Indianapolis. So those of you who haven't uh, yeah, popped in there for that, you still got time to to book a flight and go out there and uh, and hang out with Tommy Brandis. You can learn a lot from Tommy. So you know, I would recommend that folks get there. The, the roundtables are going to be really uh, fruitful. Those are always, you know, that's always good. And and I would just say, you know, when you get the most experienced dealers uh, who have played the long game and are still around, you let yeah. them talk. You know, ask them questions and listen. You know, we all. And, and, yeah, and and you will though, even with the with the dealers that have been around for a long time, you will hear very different business models, and they've all been successful. And so, and that, that's, you know, one of the, one of the things we were talking about, you know, what should I do? It's like every business model is different. Your goals are different. You know, are you looking for, um, long-term, uh, equity or are you looking for cash flow? You know, what are, what are your business models, but listen to all the, listen to all of the opinions, the things that have worked for different, and then find the one that works best for your model. And, yeah. and how, you know, how you want to be able to deal with, with your, with your customers, uh, with our customers and, and improve their experience and the likelihood that you're going to see, um, loans being paid. And, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, I, I, we, we are huge proponents for going to these opportunities to, sure. to learn more at, at the table of seasoned dealers, people yeah. that have been around or people that have, have worked with dealers all across the country and have seen a lot of different things. Right. And by the way, Florida's conference is in a week. Like they've got, and they've got yeah. a ton of people there. Yeah, so we will not be there. So those of you that I told that we were going to be there yeah. a long time ago, we will not be there. Be fair. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, at the time, yeah. <laughs> I well, thought that I thought yeah. that we were, but yeah. um, it's just it's not going to be it's not going to be happening this year. And we also will not be at the forum. But if if you if you uh, have the opportunity and can can get away, it's going to be something that'll be well worth taking the time and the money to do that. Absolutely. Um, one other question that I heard on Facebook this week, Michelle, um, did you know that? Booby trap spelled backwards is party boob. Did you know that? <laughs> booby trap spelled backwards is party boob. I didn't know that. This is the kind of stuff you, it was a different, that's a different Facebook group. That's like a different thread. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's not. You shouldn't really like, give me a microphone. That's really big. Not, yeah. Especially yeah. when, you know, those of you who made comments about the um, corn dogs and 
cake. <sighs> you leave Jim alone yeah. with a freezer full of cake. Yeah. And that's what happens. I'm like that. <laughs> uh, I don't really know that I'm adult enough to be unsupervised. I don't think that's a good idea. So, <laughs> yeah. exactly. plus I have willpower when it comes to this. Yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> We should let folks get back right. to their, uh, work stuff. There's a lot of work yeah. to do. Lots of opportunity there. Yeah. And uh, by the way, the leaves are falling here in uh, Utah. When you return, you will see lots of leaves on the patio, and it's uh, it's starting to be fall. And I will I will survive the winter on pumpkin spice. I'll get through it. Oh, you know, I haven't had one of those yet, and oh, yeah. I I uh, yeah, I think it's time. Um, Facebook user, I have an idea of who that is. Uh, send a picture of your smoked old fashioned. Post it on yeah. Facebook. I'd like to know and, who uh, it is. We'll see it. Yeah, and uh, and I, you know, will. I'd love to get a smoker. That would be a great Christmas present. Yeah, wouldn't it? Uh, like you know, what it's. Wait, are you hinting for me to get one yeah. for you? Oh, yeah. okay. okay. Great. <laughs> All right. All right, it's been a minute since we had one of those. We better. Find our way to it. We found one close to us that does them. Yeah. That does them well. Yeah. Somebody else mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. Big areas. So yeah. I'm, I, uh, Salt Lake does, but we don't get down to Salt Lake very often. Yeah. So, so why don't you, yeah. uh, let's wrap up and you can get yourself. I knew it was George. <laughs> oh, George. There you go. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. We hope it works out. I know uh, Anthony, his son, who works with him in the business, also mentioned this. Uh -huh. Fashion. So yeah, yeah, that sounds like uh, we're going to miss that. But um, yeah. yeah, sorry we'll miss uh, Florida, but we're kind of excited to be home and be able to catch up on different projects at home and projects with work. And so it's going to be got a lot of projects, um, business be. projects and things, and and just trying to wrap up the year before we uh, hit twenty twenty. What is twenty twenty four? I keep losing right. So twenty twenty four. Yeah, it's just. A months away um so yeah i i'll be watching all of the pictures from fiada and and you know oh look so-and-so's there and so mm -hmm. post the pictures and um and i hope you all have a wonderful conference next week it's next yeah. week next week. Uh, yeah that's, i remember 31st is included i remember it happens over um oh, halloween, over halloween. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yep yep okay all so right guys We'll uh, have a uh, have a great rest of your or a great week this week, guys. And um, uh, yeah, take a look a little bit differently at build deals that come across your desk with lower down payments, and then mm -hmm. you know, see if you might be able to approve a few extras. Yeah, lots of opportunity. Let's do business. All right, we'll All talk right. to y'all later. Thank you guys for joining.